Well, amen. <clears throat> How's everybody this morning? Good, I hope. I know it's kind of, kind of uh, chilly this morning, and uh, you're going to have to excuse me because I'm going to use my phone not only as uh, my backup for my verses. Uh, you know, when you have anxiety, and I know a lot of us do and deal with it, and I know uh, you, uh, you worry about, is, is, is it going to be on the screen? Is my phone, is it going to pull up on my phone? Do I need to write the verses down in ink pen? What do I need to do? I need to make sure, you know, so, you know, just uh, bear with me on that. Uh, so good to be uh, back up here this morning. Uh, it's been a while. And uh, I tell you what, we're gonna talk, what we're going to talk about today is about leaving a godly legacy, but in that also, I, this is just kind of like just sitting here this morning just thinking about uh, my journey in the last few years. You know what? And, and, and I, I've been quick to do it because I ain't perfect. But so much that a lot of times we look at people's lives sometime and we see the things that they're doing and we go, what are they doing? If they would just listen to me or if they would just listen to the Lord, they wouldn't have to go through whatever it is they're going through, wherever, you know, the journey. But let me tell you something, God takes us on journeys. Sometimes it's to reconnect, sometimes it's for forgiveness, sometimes it's for letting things go. We just, you never know. Now, so I, I just want to encourage you, you may be on one of those journeys today. Let me tell you something, there's, there's an end to the journey. There's, there's a coming home in the journey. And there's also a blessing in the journey, and, and God will definitely speak to you and uh, teach you things that uh, you might not have known if you wouldn't have went on the journey. I mean, the old saying is, you know, there's no testimony without a test. Until you go through something, it's really hard to have a testimony about something. I tell you what, I, I know a group of guys uh, this is kind of leading into about leaving a legacy, changing where you, maybe you are today or where we have been and leaving a different legacy. I know a group of guys, and I'm telling you what, man, they've been through the fire addictions and jail and so many different things, divorce, problems, issues, health, and it's, it's part of that journey. It's part of that journey that they've been on, but God has redeemed them and have given them a story and has also given them a testimony because of the test. So never forget, when you're being tested, when you're going through something, it's for a testimony. We know Scripture, in 1 Corinthians, I believe it is, tells us that, you know what, we can relate to other people when we have been through the same things that they're going through. That's sometimes, I believe, the reason that we're allowed to go through things is so that we can relate and comfort those who are going through the same thing that we're going through. So today I want to talk to you about leaving a legacy. And you may, you may recognize what I'm fixing to read here for this uh, for a couple of minutes. And hey, if, if, if you like country music, hey, it's no sin. I mean, it, you can listen to country music and a lot of people are like, Ugh, you know. Uh, hey, I listen, I listen about any genre of music there is. So see if you recognize, and, and this, this, the words of this song fit in so well with what I want to talk to you about today. Sprayed my name on a water tire, carved it in an old cottonwood tree, Signed a bunch of high school yearbooks so they wouldn't forget about me. It wasn't till I saw my daddy's name in stone, I knew it ain't a question of if they will, but it's how they remember you. Did you stand or did you fall, build a bridge or build a wall, hide your love or give it all? And here's the key, you're going to leave a legacy no matter what you do. It ain't a question of if, but how they remember you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for today. God, you are an amazing God. Just like we sung about, you are a promise-keeping, 
way-making God. Father, I thank you for that. Father, I just ask that you, in our little bit of time that we have together this morning, Father, that you just speak through me. Father, just pray that you use your words to speak to people's hearts, Father, as we talk about leaving a godly legacy for those who will come after us, or even those who are observing our lives now, Father, as your words called us to do. Now, Father, I just pray, ask that you lead God and direct us in Jesus' name. Amen. So the words of that song, anybody recognize that? Anybody? Yeah, Rascal Flats. Okay, I said, you know, don't. That's okay, because, yeah, hey, country music, woo you know. It doesn't, doesn't have to be all, all Christian music. I think there's a, great me- there's a great message in that, because you know what? It, it's, it's not if someone's going to remember you, and it's, it's that they're, they're gonna, people's going to remember you. And who are we talking about? Well, we talk about our, yeah, definitely as parents, and so many young parents, we, we talk about our kids. Yeah, I want my kids to remember me. Uh, and then when you get to be an old man like me and you get seven grandkids, I want to make an influence on my kids. I want to live a legacy with them so that they will remember me in a godly way, of course. So what is a legacy? First of all, a legacy is not an inheritance. It's not something that you leave with someone. A legacy is something that you leave in someone. Let me repeat that. A legacy is not an inheritance, something that you leave with someone. It is something that you leave in someone. A legacy is the way that we live, our choices, the way that we make the, our impression of our life on other people about how we live our life, how we handle the hard situations, how we handle the difficult situations, how we handle the journeys, how we handle the tests, how we handle things. Do we handle it in a godly way or do we handle it on our own and in the flesh? A godly legacy. And a life lived in faith and in God is the greatest legacy that you can leave behind. The Bible is a book of legacies. The authors of Scripture will forever be remembered as men of God and have and will influence people's lives basically for eternity. Moses left a legacy to Joshua, Elijah to Elisha, Paul to Timothy, Jesus to the disciples. And we as followers of Jesus are instilling a legacy into someone. Who is it? Do we know? It's, it's also an intentional choice. Now, the first verse is going to be Joshua 24, 15. It has to be an intentional choice. You know, the, the old saying is, if you don't do nothing, or what is it? If you don't do nothing, you might as well do nothing at all. If good men do nothing, all those sayings, whatever. But if we do nothing, if we just sit by, that's making a choice. We have to make... Making a, leaving a godly legacy, leaving a legacy of faith to whoever it is, our, our spouses, our, our kids, our, children, our co-workers, our family members, our fellow church, our brothers and sisters. If, if, we're, if we're in Christ, if we're believers in Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. There's so many eyes watching us. There's so many people. Yeah, I mean, I, we're all like little kids. You know, we, every, everybody's looking to somebody, and they're looking to see how you handle situations. So in Joshua 24, 15... And I'm going to go ahead and uh, just read it off my phone. It says, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is, this is Joshua. That's a familiar verse. That's a familiar verse. So many sermons preached on this. It has to be intentional. And I, my heart is to men. Men, as leaders, as the spiritual leaders of our household and the leaders of our churches, listen, men, God has put a responsibility on us to leave a godly legacy to our children, to our grandchildren, 
and to our community, to the people we work with. I mean, I, I probably maybe several of us know when you're at work, if you're maybe one of the very few Christians or one of the very few people that your coworkers know who you are, who do they come to when times get tough? Who do they ask for prayer? They come to you. They don't run to the guy who comes in Monday morning and complain about a hangover all weekend. A hangover because he's drunk all weekend. They come to you because they know if they want prayer, they come to you. That's part of a legacy. It's not just our families. Sometimes I think when we, when we talk about maybe leaving a godly legacy, maybe we just think we, we, we hone it too much in on, well, my family or my kids. But it's, it's, it's the community. It's, it's each other. It's leaving a legacy for people to see. In our culture, it's, never, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be accepted. It never has been. It wasn't in Joshua's time, and it won't be in our time today. But men and women of God, we have to make an, an, an intentional choice to leave a godly legacy. Because if we don't, then who's going to impact and affect the next generation? We have to realize that 100 years from now, there, none of us are going to be here, I hate to tell you. Not a one of us. And if we as a church are not building a godly legacy on what God is doing in our lives and what God is doing in this place, then in 100 years from now, this will be a, a, a vacant building, maybe up for sale again. But at, we have to realize that we have to build a godly legacy. We have to leave a godly legacy with the children, with the people that we're in contact with, with the people in our community. We're building and we're going to leave a godly legacy. The choice is clear. And there's only one way for this to happen, by the power of God, by relationship with Christ, and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So number one, there is a choice. There has to be a choice. Listen, every decision demands a choice. It's either God's way or it's my way. When we're presented, and you know, you can get the statistics, how many decisions we make in a day's time. It's crazy. There's a lot of decisions in a day's time. And we have that decision. We're either going to do it God's way and honor God and build that legacy or we're going to do it our way and do it in the flesh and more than likely crash and burn. Now, I'm not just talking everyday decisions, going to work, getting up, what car you I mean, the decisions in life that matter, the, the more weightier issues. We, ha we have to make a choice. So in Judges chapter 2, verses 7 and verse 10, here's what happens when we don't leave a godly legacy. And the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders who outlived him, those who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. So you, there's been books written and sermons, the Joshua generation. But then listen, in, in a few verses later, in verse 10, it says, and after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that he had done for Israel. What in the world happened? What happened? And honestly, I think we see that in America today. I mean, we see the decline of the church numbers and attendance in America are declining way too fast. What is it? Are we, are, where's our God, where's our legacy? Or where are we building our legacy? And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the church as a whole, especially the Western church. Where is our legacy? What, what, are, what are we instilling into people? What are they seeing in us? Why are, the, why, are the, why are they not following us? Why are they not coming to know Christ? We have to, but what we have to do is we have to instill it in somebody. It's never too late. Listen, you may have come in the doors today with one legacy, but you can make a decision. You can leave here and start a whole new legacy. I know that because I did. 
so many people get caught up in how they were brought up, their families, and I mean, I have a son-in-law who's, who's a perfect example. Now, he's, he's done, a, he's done a, one, a hard 180 in the last five, six, seven years. I'm proud of him. Amazing turnaround. Nothing like his. But if he would have continued on the legacy that he would have been given, I don't think he'd be alive today. Might not have one, maybe two of our grandkids because he wouldn't have been here. If I would have followed in the legacy of my father, whom I don't know, I doubt the state of Missouri even knows how many times he was married and divorced, honestly. I mean, that's, that's just a fact. Uh, if I would have followed in the footsteps of the legacy that w- would have been left for me, I wouldn't have been married coming up on 37 years. I'd probably been married and divorced 37 times. Who knows? So we have to realize that we can, we can turn, we can change the legacy. Or even if you're from the other side with me, from the other side, from my mom's side, I was raised, I was raised under this, this premise. Don't do as I do, do as I say. That's the most hypocritical way to tell a child, to raise a child, amen, that there is. So from either side, I'm just telling you, no matter what's going on in your life, how you've been raised, what's up, what's going on, you can leave here today. You can make a decision. You can make a choice. And you can leave here, and you can change the legacy that you're going to leave behind. Whether you have young children or you're just going to leave, you're going to change the legacy that people know about you when you die. You can. We can change. I and mean, we know that our God is a God of second and third and so many chances. We know that. But we have to. We have to do it. I mean, we're called. If you, don't, if you don't think you have a ministry, if nothing else, you have a legacy ministry. You say, well, I can't preach, I can't sing, I can't play instruments. I can't. You have a ministry in building a legacy for the kingdom of God to, show, to, to leave a witness to those who are watching. Those who are, what Scripture says about us as believers, it's by love that them, they, the people outside will know that we're his disciples. It's from the love that we have for each other. It's from the love that that we have as a church family, that they will know that we are his disciples. And like I mentioned, the, 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 biggest, the biggest majority of people that are leaving our churches are the millennials. That age group, and you want to know why? Because we're sending the wrong message. I, I'm guilty of it. I post way too much political things and too many things on Facebook. I Really, really we shouldn't. The number one reason millennials say they're leaving the church today because the church has become too political. Now, does that mean Christians should not be involved in politics? No, I don't believe that. I believe we should vote. I believe we should do our research. We should pray. We should vote. Run for office. Hey, if you want to run for office, more power to you. I'll be praying for you. We should be involved in politics. I believe that. But the world and people already know what we're against. They need to know what we're for. And we're for the transformation of lives. Are we for their lifestyle? No. And let me tell you something. If, if you've had a lifestyle of either addictions or, or whatever, you, you can relate. I mean, and that's, that's such a huge thing in, in our area. I'm telling you, it's such a huge thing. If you don't know, man, you've got blinders on, I'm telling you. There's such a group, there's such a, a group of people in this area let me tell you something, man, when they get their lives turned around and on fire for Jesus, let me tell you something, they're on fire. 
here a few weeks ago in our Tuesday night men's group, we had a 64-year-old man who was a former addict, and uh, he had arms about the size, his biceps about the size of my tops, about my thighs. He's a, he was a hoss. And he brought a message to us on our Tuesday night group. And man, he 64 years old, and I'd, I'd give anything at 54 to have the type of energy he had. I'm pretty sure that the people next door in Las Moss heard every bit of the message because he was fired up. But he, he, was, he was an addict for years, made and cooked meth and sold meth and had houses and cars and money, all these things. But it all come crashing down. And he gave his life to Christ. And now for years, he's been preaching revivals, giving out food, praying with people, and the man is on fire. He's changed his legacy. He's going to leave a different legacy than he started out with. And you can also leave even the ones that you're born into, like your family and the different things like I brought up earlier. You can change, we can change our legacy. Another verse, Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. You know, the scripture tells us in other places that God's eyes are roaming to and fro, looking throughout the earth, looking for people to strengthen people who are committed to him. God is looking. God is looking for you. He's looking for me. He's looking for us. Ezekiel twenty-two thirty says, I look for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I search for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so that I wouldn't have to destroy the land, land, but I found no one. We know there's been a lot of controversy for the last several years about walls. But the scripture talks about there's a wall of righteousness and there's a gap. And God is looking for people to stand in the gap to rebuild the wall of righteousness. That is, that is a part of the legacy of the kingdom of God. We need to be about standing in the gap. We, listen, we're, listen, the church, is, I believe, and those of us who are believers, I believe we're holding back the onslaught of, of more evil than we could even imagine. The spiritual warfare and the things that are going on in this world, I don't, don't think we have a clue to what our prayers, what our Bible study, us being close to the Lord, us walking with the Lord, what we're keeping held back. And, if we're, and if, we, if we're going to decide not to leave a godly legacy, who knows? So I believe that, yes, we definitely play an important, a very important part of being in this wall. Last point, the world is watching. In uh, uh, Hebrews 12.1, says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd you always, I always have to watch out because the NLT says a crowd of witnesses and every other translation says a cloud of witnesses. So a crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Whose life of faith? Ours. The church. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Listen, Scripture is very clear. We have a path. We have a race. We have a path cut out, laid out before us, before the foundations of the world, God has already laid our life out for us. It's written down. It's there. We're to run that race with everything that we have. And it says that there's a great crowd of witnesses watching. And I said, most translations say great cloud. It just means that there's, there's this encompassing. There's this, there's this covering. There's just so much around us. People who are watching. I fail. I blow it. I, I, trust me. Because we're not perfect. And I'm not talking about a life of perfection because I think so much of the time I go, oh, I can't be perfect. I'm, I'll, I'll blow. That's right. And that's what grace does. Grace covers sin. Love, the scripture says that love covers a multitude of sin. You know, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow. Hey, don't forget, guys, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Don't say I didn't warn you. 
you know, Valentine's Day should make us John 3.16, for God so loved the world. And there's so many other scriptures that tell us about the God of love, how God loves us. Is that what we're portraying to the world? Is that what the world sees in us, that we serve a God, a God of love, a God who longs for people to come to know him, to have the life that we have, the hope. The scripture says that we have a hope inside of us. We're supposed to be ready to explain the hope that is inside of us, maybe at a moment's notice. Someone says, well, I don't, I don't know that much scripture to share with somebody. You have your life. You have your testimony. You have the legacy that you're building you can share with people. So when I stop and think about, when we think about remembrance and how we handle things and, and this, this life that we have and we've been given and, and, and leaving a life of legacy, listen, along our life, along this journey, there's going to, and we know this, there's, there's points in time, there is, there's, there's addictions, there's cancer, there's heart attacks, there's divorce, there's financial struggles, there's what heartbreak, there's all kinds of things that are going to happen. And when those things happen, it's how we handle them. Are we going to do it God's way or are we going to do it our way? And I said that earlier. But here's what, I'm, here's what, I'm, here's what I want to tell you. In the Old Testament, any time that God showed up and spoke to someone or did some amazing work. In the Old Testament, they would, they, the Israelites would stack up stones. They would, four, five, six stones, whatever, and they would, they would give it a particular name. This is Bethel, the, the house of God, or this is some of the, you know, if you, if you print out some of those words, this is, such, and this is what God did here. And then as people for the years and years and years later would come by and they'd see the stack of stones and they would say, well, what is this? I guarantee you there was someone in their group that knew the story knew the legacy of what God did here, and they said, oh, in this place, God did this, or God said that. God spoke to Joshua here. God spoke to Abraham here. So in our lives, here's, we, need to, we need to pinpoint and know the moments, the big moments in our lives are great places to build a monument and handle it and give God the praise and the glory and let him have control of it and have these monuments in our lives that people can look back and go, oh, well, I remember when that happened to him or to her. Man, they praised God through it. I mean, just looking out, I can name a lot of names, but the key, Steve and Melissa, they have, they have, this, they have this, this monument in their life. And I know I, I, know I can and I know a lot of us who are near and dear to the keys know how they walked through that situation. <laughs> Praise God. And I guarantee you they were such a witness. And there's other stories. There was such a witness. And it's the same for all of us. There's so many things in our lives that we can use and build as monuments for God, to God, and for people to see in our lives. I got, I got a little little thing here I want to end with, the picture. Someday, our names are going to be there. If the Lord don't come back, be awesome. On every tombstone, there's two things. There's a birth date and a death date. And we pay a lot of attention, and we pay a lot of attention to the two dates. You know, the day you were born, that's a... That's a Glorious day. We celebrate it every year. Happy birthday, you know. Then the day that you died, or the person died, 
usually not celebrated. I mean, those of us who are believers, and if, if that person was a believer, really, it should be a celebration. Because, man, they're, whoo, they're where we want to be. Sometimes it is a day of celebration, sometimes it's not. And then sometimes there's a verse or there's something about that person's life on the tombstone. But let me, let me point you to the most important thing on that tombstone. It's that dash in between the two dates. And the one on here is kind of extremely big. I've never seen one that big, I don't think, on a tombstone. But if you go in the graveyard and look, most dashes on most tombstones are, you know, about so cut. Or sometimes there's a cross or there's some emblem or something in between the two dates. There's a dash. We talked about living life sometimes, and it's a race. A lot of times it's a rat race. It's a dash. Can I tell you that the most important thing on that tombstone is that dash in your life. That dash is your legacy. That dash is your life. Yeah, your birthday's important, day you die, and they're going to be set in stone someday. They're not going to change. And probably not a lot of remembrance about it, but that dash is the most important thing. That's, that's where you're at right now. Today's not your birthday. Hopefully nobody falls out dead. You're, right now we're in the dash. How are you living your dash? I got a little poem I want to read, and then I'm going to pray and close up for us. The poem is called, appropriately, The Dash. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth, and he spoke of the following other date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time they spent alive on earth, and now only those who love them know what that little line is really worth. For it matters not how much we owe, own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live, how we love, and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. To be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved them before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remember that this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, you can be proud of the things that they will say about you and how you lived your dash. So my, my challenge today is, how are you living your dash? Are you living it for the glory of God? Are you living it for, for Christ? Let me tell you something, man, as, of, as tomorrow Valentine's Day, man, there's a God who loves each and every one of us so much. And let's just don't think it's us he loves. There's a world full of people out there that God loves just as much as he loves us. And we need to realize that. That God sent Christ to reconcile the world, to reconcile us to him. Because he wants a relationship with us. So I just plead with you today, that if you don't know Christ today, today's the day. Today is the day to change that legacy. You walked in here with one legacy, you can walk out with a different legacy. And it's simply by saying, God, I trust you. I believe that you sent Jesus to die for my sins. 
to put me in a relationship with you. Forgive me. Come into my life. Take control of my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And then the action is to follow Him, to read Scripture, to get in with believers, to get involved, and let God transform your legacy and change your life, and to change, more importantly, other people's lives also. So let's pray, and we'll close. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much. Father, thank you for just the brief moments, as this is a part of our dash. Father, as I look and I think about Jesus, Father, we know that Jesus was here for about 33 years. And yes, we celebrate the birth and we celebrate the death, but Father, we know that Jesus' dash, His three years of ministry, of teaching, of speaking, of being you in the flesh, was what mattered the most. Now, Father, I just pray and ask that you lead, guide, and direct us. Father, if there's anyone here today that needs you, Father, I pray that they just call out to you in faith-believing that you love them, that you sent your Son to reconcile them to yourself. And Father, just pray. Now, Father, I ask that you lead, guide, and direct. Father, I pray you strengthen believers here today. Father, the ones that are struggling with their legacy. Father, please put in our hearts that our legacy can change. Father, as I said, I'm a testimony that you can change your legacy. And I know there's many, many others here that could say the same thing. So, Father, let our legacy be you. And, Father, we love you. Forgive us for we fail you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.